Hey friends, it's Gubba and welcome back to the Gubba podcast. I'm a first time homesteader following in the footsteps of my homesteading forebears. I'm also a prepper and have a special interest in preparing for the future. And here on this podcast, I discussed everything from homesteading and self-sufficiency tips to preparedness and building a food storage. Today, I want to talk about building a food storage and more specifically about how to beat the shortages. I have plenty of resources on my website, gubbahomestead.com, that go into detail on how to start prepping, what items to buy, how to build a food storage, and how to create storage for your prep items. Over the past two years, it has been shortage after shortage and supply chain issues nonstop. I keep seeing and reading about meat shortages and skyrocketing meat prices. And people are posting pictures of the shelves being barren of meat at their grocery stores and how prices have tripled for or more for some kinds of meat. I always take what I see on the internet with a grain of salt because I know a lot of things are fabricated and weaponized to fear monger. However, I have personally seen barren meat shelves and higher prices for meat at my local grocery store. So it became more of a reality than fiction for me. And for some, seeing barren shelves can inspire panic But if you are prepared, it just inspires you to get crafty. It's difficult to go to the store and see empty shelves and pay exorbitant prices for meats. And it can also be difficult to source out local farmers who I can tell you are not experiencing meat shortages and will actually laugh if you ask them about it. I have, and they laughed. At this point in time, though, you need to choose your kind of difficulty. Are you going to have the difficulty of going to the store and trying to source out meat that way and going from store to store? Or do you want to have the difficulty of trying to find your local meat sources? All I know is now is a great time to start supporting your local farmers. Even if you live in a city, I promise you that there are options. You may have to drive but there are going to be other like-minded people like you in your area who you can group up with and take turns going to the source of your local farmers. And sourcing out to the farmers is one of the ways to beat the meat shortage and also other food shortages. Maybe you'll find a farmer who does meat and produce. I have in the summer, I'll be getting fresh local produce weekly from a farmer. I'm super excited about it. And the best thing about it is that I don't have to be dependent on a grocery store. I'm really just trying to get myself independent from a grocery store and direct to the source. I find it to be refreshing. I enjoy knowing where my food came from, like the actual field where my food came from. And if you think about it, our ancestors knew where their food came from because they were growing it. And if you can't grow it, this is another great option is going directly to the source. And I feel like we all learned the lesson to not be dependent on grocery stores. And if you still are and operate under the mindset of, well, I live close to a grocery store, so why do I need to stock up? I don't understand that thinking because did we all not learn the same lesson 
a few years ago. 2020 was weird and there have been perpetual waves of weird happenings taking place at the grocery stores with the supply chain issues and crazy people. So can we just stop being dependent on grocery stores altogether? We don't have to be completely independent, but just start weaning ourselves off of this flawed system. And it truly is a flawed system if you think about how disconnected we are from our food. I'm all about reconnecting with that, even if you can't grow your own food, but trying to learn where it comes from, learn where that animal pastured, learn where your asparagus was grown. And I feel like we will just have a deeper connection with the earth around us. And I'm all about that, like having respect and caring for the animals that feed us and knowing the people who are growing for us. You really find a sense of community in that. And if you only are keeping a stock of a few days or weeks worth of food and are running multiple times to the grocery store weekly, I hate to break it to you but you are operating on this flawed system and when crap hits the fan and you either have to stay locked down or there is unrest making it unsafe to go to the store what the heck are you gonna do and you don't even have to stock up or beat the shortages for a crazy scenario like that you can start stocking up and beating the shortages for personal scenarios even like job loss or an emergency in your family, you will be so grateful that you stocked up and you are beating those shortages and saving yourself money in the future. Maybe these situations seem unrealistic, but if you have been present the past few years, these situations are extremely realistic. And a way to beat the weirdness and set up a safety net for yourself and your family is to look around your area. Most grocery stores have items shipped in, so that's why they can be unreliable. What happens when the truck drivers go on strike and the supplies stop coming? So seek out local sources your neighbor, someone down the road, in a neighborhood over, and maybe there is a local farm that produces milk and cheese. So now you have a reliable and local source for milk and cheese. And it's important to seek out these local resources so you can travel yourself and set up like a map for you to get these items delivered and into your possession. And once you've found this source, stock, start stocking up in an efficient manner. Maybe you have a freeze dryer, so you start freeze drying that milk and cheese and putting it into your long-term food storage. If milk and cheese aren't something you wanna bulk up on, that's fine, and at least now you have a local source for it. So when the grocery store is out of milk and cheese, you will still have a supply because the farmers most likely aren't going to be affected from a truck driver protest. The best thing about finding even one source of some item you need is this opens up a snowball effect for you. For example, I found a local source for meat and this farmer also raises goats, so they instantly became a resource for me for raising goats. I went to them for just meat, but then was also able to try some goat milk and they became a source for that as well. Like how neat is that? Also, this first farmer I came in contact with has been a wealth of knowledge regarding other local farmers and what they produce. So she was telling me about her neighbors and people down the road and in the town over. And through her, I was able to make contact with other farmers. And so you can kind of see 
how my web of networking has grown from just finding one farmer. It may take a little digging at first, but once you get the ball rolling, it truly keeps going. And the best resource I have found for finding local farmers has been the Weston A. Price Foundation. To put it simply, they are an amazing foundation based on the findings of a dentist about 100 years ago, and he studied remote peoples and their diets and learned how the incorporation of Western diets, so seed oils, sugars, etc., deformed the people and deteriorated their health. This dentist was named Weston A. Price, and this foundation is all about the ancestral wisdom he recorded, and they advocate for food freedom, which I really love. So like being able to make your choice to eat what you want. So for example, I drink raw milk and I'm able to have that choice, but you know, in some places you're not, and that's kind of weird, but they have local chapters and each chapter has a leader. I will post a link in the show notes so you can find your local chapter. And the leader's information is listed on Weston A. Price's website. So you can email or call the leader and ask for resources in your area. Hopefully they are a good leader. I've worked with two now and it was a bit of a difference. One had a whole Word document of all the resources in the area from doctors and dentists who practice holistic ancestral wisdom to raw milk sources and farm fresh meat sources. And the other chapter leader <laughs> referred me to a whole food store. And that was all that they gave me. And I was already aware of farms in the area, but was curious for more resources. So I reached out and they replied with whole foods. I chuckled a little bit to myself and wondered why uh, they didn't include the other farms, but you know, to each their own. And anyways, they are a great place to start when searching for local farm fresh goods. If your chapter leader isn't, you know, great and have a ton of resources, just look online, maybe search your area, farms, farm to market, and Facebook even has good resources for your local area. Find special farming groups near you. And by sourcing out local productions and co-ops, you are beating the shortages. Like I said, most of these places aren't dependent on trucks delivering things. Like the beef I bought a few months ago was organic, grass-fed, pasture-raised, like I could go see the cows. It was beautiful, and it was this ground beef, and it was $4.50 a pound, and I felt like that was super cheap for the quality. It got delivered to me from the farmer, and I even saw in the newspaper recently that there was an ad for the same kind of beef for $4 a pound. There is nothing like quality and great prices, and local butchers are a great place to start sourcing locally as well because they are processing the meat for the surrounding area, so they are a wealth of information. I found them to be a good resource for questions surrounding meat. I'm happy to spend my money supporting local, 
And once you start spending your money locally and stop supporting the cash cows of the grocery stores, you're able to facilitate local growth and people supporting themselves instead of being choked down by the giants. So I am all for supporting your farmers. You know, I'm still disturbed how Walmart and Costco were able to remain open in the height of the pandemic, but the mom and pop shops had to close. I remember going to Costco and it was jammed, like jammed with people. Same with Walmart. And I just have to wonder, like, was it really about safety? Like, was it really? And all these other mom and pop shops that had to close. Ugh, it still bugs me this day. And Another way to beat the shortages and the rise in prices is to buy in bulk. Go in with friends and family and purchase goods in bulk and use different means for putting them into storage. Buying in bulk saves you money. You can source bulk products from your grocery stores and they'll usually give you a good deal. Or my favorite bulk buying store is As Your Standard, which is an online grocery store where you do once a month pickups. I did an entire podcast episode dedicated to them. Make lists of what you have and what you need, then purchase in bulk if possible. Azure has different bulk buying options and they tell you the price difference between the options, which I love because it makes it easy for me. And if you buy in bulk now and store the food, then when the food prices rise, you are saving yourself because you won't have to buy as much at the raised price, if that makes sense. Even if it isn't much, it is something. I think the world is wild, but you can find peace in being prepared. And I love being able to feel comfortable if the electricity goes out or if there's another worldwide shutdown. I know that I have the supplies to get me through. I know how to prepare what I have. I have alternatives for cooking that are energy dependent. And you can do this too. Start by building your food storage week by week. Think of supplies you need to operate daily. And my goal is to thrive under any circumstance and not just survive. It is possible to do this and you need to start somewhere, so just start. It is also a good idea to keep in mind as you purchase your foods, how you will prepare them. How will you cook up the meat you purchased? Maybe it's a wise idea to purchase a gas-operated barbecue or camping stove and Think of the tools you will need to cook up that meat that you got. You'll need pots, pans, utensils. Like, do you have all that? If you've seen my Prepper's Supply Storage YouTube video, you know I stuck up on small canisters of gas that power my barbecue and camping stove. Cast iron is also a great method for cooking, a great way to cook your food, a good surface, because you can cook directly over a fire with cast iron pans. Maybe get a cast iron pan or two and look at a cast iron Dutch oven. A cast iron Dutch oven is an absolute beast and you can make home meals in them. Generally, you use coals for Dutch oven cooking, but you can get crafty with preparing meals in them. Make sure when you get your cast iron to properly season it, I would suggest using lard or avocado oil for seasoning, 
Basically, you coat the pan in the fat or the oil, then place it in the oven at around 450 degrees Fahrenheit for 30 minutes upside down so the oil runs off, then take it out and repeat the process a few times. And doing this builds up a nonstick cast iron pan, and the more you use it, the more nonstick it becomes. And cast iron can also last forever. I sure wish I had my grandparents' cast iron. And food preparation is as important as food preservation, so you don't want to forget this part. I would like to thank all of you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We sure do live in peculiar times, but that doesn't mean we can't find joy in what is around us. The earth is beautiful, summer is around the corner, and the sunshine brings warmth into our hearts. And I hope you have a wonderful day and don't do anything a gubba wouldn't do.